0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I am your host, James Murphy, a.k.a. Murph. How are you doing today? I'm still getting situated here in the studio. I just had to watch a Patriots recap from yesterday's last night's game against the New York Giants. I unfortunately wasn't able to watch it live, so please bear with me as I'm going off of highlights from the game uh, Kim and I had a cookout yesterday for some family I'm uh, not family I'm sorry friends and I wasn't able to watch the game so yeah and as you know I don't have cable because I just don't have cable so I wasn't able to watch it in the background so I had to watch some highlights but honestly I think the highlights you know, it's like a 12 minute highlight video on, on YouTube I think that's plenty enough for me to get a good diagnosis of of what happened in yesterday's game against the Giants. But can I first say that the Patriots finished 3-0 in this preseason? A lot of times it looked ugly. A lot of times it looked great. And last night's game was no exception to that. So I'm going to be breaking down the entirety of the game for the New England Patriots and what I liked, what I didn't like. And obviously we're going to be talking about the potential quarterback position. Who's going to be starting? The potential starter for the quarterback. Who is it going to be? Cam Newton, Mac Jones. I have some stats that I want to share with you to show who should the quarterback be. However, before we get into any of that, thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying. And I really hope you had a fantastic weekend. It was a little on the cool side, but there was also some humidity at the same time. Very, very odd. But you know what? It was nice to take a break from the steamy hot weather that we've been having, which you know I love. I'd rather have that than the cold. Today, probably something similar. We're going to expect some showers here in the New England area later in the evening. Well, at least here in Rhode Island, I should say. Anyways, anyways, I have to first start off this episode by saying I will not still be not talking about you know who. I refuse to do it and yesterday's game against the cleveland guardians the cleveland guardians of the galaxy right is a prime example why based off of what happened and if you don't know what happened i strongly recommend looking into it and see what happened how the red sox blew that game late but whatever we're not here to talk about red sox nor will i ever until they start playing better but i doubt that <laughs> i really do doubt that so One point I want to talk about, and this is something I heard on the radio when I was driving into the shop today, is is Bill Belichick saving Cam Newton for the regular season? Because one of the stats I want to talk about today is how Cam Newton wasn't given much of a chance to prove that he should be the starting quarterback if there's a legitimate quarterback battle, right? Now, we've seen quarterback battles played out across the league in years past. We've seen quarterbacks win, and the loser gets traded. The loser just sits on the bench. Now, Cam Newton, we don't really know what's going to happen. If he does lose, could he embrace the backup role? Could he want to get cut? We don't know. And if there is a legitimate quarterback battle, which there very well might be for all we know, Cam Newton wasn't given a legitimate shot at proving that he should be the starting quarterback while Mac Jones was. And I want to refer to passing attempts. That's the first one I want to go with is passing attempts, just pure passing attempts, not snaps, not, not downplayed, not completions, just attempts. Mac Jones, over the course of three preseason games, had 52 passing attempts. He had 14 last night, and he had 19 in both the first and the second preseason game. And if we care about completion percentage, he was 36 for 52 for 69%. Brian Hoyer, let's just go with Brian Hoyer for a second. He had 17 attempts. And he went 13 for 17 as he went 2 for 4, 2 for 3, and then last night he went 9 for 10. Pretty efficient if you tell me. Maybe Brian Hoyer should beat the starting quarterback. I'm just kidding. (laughs) And then Cam Newton went 14 For 21, for 67%. He went 2 for 5 last night. 8 of 9 the week prior. And then against the football team, he went 4 of 7. Mac Jones is more than doubling Cam Newton's passing attempts. Now, I strongly believe that Mac Jones should be getting a lot of looks here in preseason. Because if he's not going to play, then this is the only action we're going to see from him. I mean, you look at the Chicago Bears out in Chicago, <laughs> where Justin Fields is getting a lot of playing time. But Matt Nagy and the coaching, uh, and the coaching staff has said that Andy Dalton is the starting quarterback. Probably a very similar situation than what the Patriots are having. I mean, I don't know how Bear, Bears, feel, Bears fans feel about the Andy Dalton versus Justin Fields situation. I love Justin Fields. I'm a massive fan of him. I think he should be the starting quarterback... But Andy Dalton's very serviceable. So, I mean, maybe have Andy Dalton play for, you know, four weeks. See where you're at. Kind of like what the Patriots might be doing with Cam Newton. See how it looks after four weeks. Make the adjustment. Who knows? But I, the more I think of it, I, I, I really think that Justin Fields is getting a lot of reps. To not just prove that he's a starter, which I don't think he will be because... Andy Dalton signed with the Bears because they said he was going to be the quarterback at that point. Did the Bears think they were going to be able to trade up to draft Justin Fields? Who knows? I mean, Brian, I mean, not Brian Hoyer, Cam Newton, Andy Dalton sitting, not getting a lot of reps, just getting some, you know, fine-tuned reps, I guess you could say, to save themselves for the regular season because they could be the unannounced starter. Or, I guess, in the Bears and the Patriots' cases, they have been announced as starter by their coaches saying, Cam's our guy. No, Cam Newton. Cam's our starter. I don't know. Mac Jones looks looks good, but, you know, Cam's our guy. So, I mean, I, I can't impersonate Belichick all too well, nor do I want to try to impersonate Mac Nagy saying, you know, Andy Dalton's the guy. But, I mean, that's a legitimate... That is a legitimate, like, case that Belichick is saving Cam Newton for the regular season. I don't know what the hell you're saving him for because if he gets injured and you have to put Mac Jones in, I do not think there's a New England Patriots fan out there that would be like, oh, no, Cub's gone. Oh, it's just like when Brady tore his ACL in 2008, uh, week one against the Chiefs. You know, Everyone was like, oh. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then you have to go put Matt Castle in. And, you know, he has a very good season. I just, uh, I don't know. I, 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 it makes me feel like there wasn't a legitimate quarterback battle between Mac Jones and Cam Newton because Cam Newton wasn't given a legitimate chance to prove that he is the starting quarterback. Now, maybe Mac Jones, now maybe the job was Cam Newton's, but Mac Jones had to go out and prove it. But then again, that's not fair for Cam Newton because he wasn't given a chance to defend or you know protect that starting role per se. But I think the completion, I'm uh, not the completion, the passing attempts stats is kind of mind bottling. And I'll, I'm not looking at the completions. I really don't care about the completions, although they do matter. I'm not looking at the yards. I'm not looking at the touchdowns or the interceptions. I'm just looking at the pure attempts because Cam Newton. running quarterback, Mac Jones, pocket quarterback. But at the end of the day, they're quarterbacks. They're on this team to throw the ball down the field. And whatever other intangibles they can bring to the table, awesome. Now, I do not think Cam Newton is anywhere near the running quarterback that he once was. Maybe more of a goal line kind of quarterback, you know, where you need a a sneak, a dive from the quarterback position. Yeah, I, I still think he's fairly good at that. But, you know... I don't want to see him do a play-action rollout where he just rolls to the right side and tries to pick up 25 yards. I just don't think he's that guy anymore. Um, But speaking of Cam Newton, I do have a couple other points that I want to talk about in regards to Cam Newton. And do we all remember last week when there was a, quote, misunderstanding of the COVID protocols and Cam Newton had to sit out for a few days yeah, right? Because I was saying like, "Oh, this is going to be huge for Mac Jones. This is where he's going to prove that he's the guy. He's going to get, you know, all the first team reps for the couple of days." But don't forget that Cam Newton originally left for approved medical appointment by the team, by the Patriots, a team approved medical appointment outside of the New England area. Now when team when a player has an injury, needs a physical, needs physical therapy to recover from injury, whatever it may be, they go to team doctors. Every team in pro sports has this. You know, for example, a guy, you know, sprains his ankle. Okay, he's going to do the therapy with, you know, the team facility, with the team doctors, with the team trainers, and he's going to bounce his way back from there. When a player needs a physical at the beginning of the year, signing a contract when they're acquiring a player via trade, Team doctors do these medical appointments. Now, I do not know, nor I don't think anyone else knows, what this medical appointment was for. Cam Newton has had hand issues, shoulder issues. I don't know if he's had back issues or not. I mean, he might have. I know he was in a car accident a few years ago. I forget what potentially stemmed from that, if any injuries did. But where are you? What was the purpose of this? team-approved medical appointment that cost you three days of crucial team practices, especially if you are in a quarterback battle. The whole headline, the biggest point that everyone has taken away from that kind of situation at the beginning of last week is that Cam, misunderstanding COVID, out for a couple days, your quarterback's unvaccinated, and he's just causing more problems. Okay, that may all be true, but the original stem from that headline is that he left for a team-approved medical appointment outside of the New England area. Is there a hidden injury that Cam Newton may have that we do not know about? Maybe his hand that he hurt during camp still kind of bothers him. Maybe the shoulder's not fully healed. Maybe that's why Cam Newton didn't get a lot of reps during preseason because... He could be dealing with something. Maybe Bill Belichick is still saying Cam Newton is the starter because maybe on the depth chart he is. But at the start of the season, he won't be. And then you don't want to give away your game plan because that's actually my next point. Bill might wait last second to announce starter to hide game plan from other teams. Cam Newton, Mac Jones, two completely different quarterbacks. And if Bill Belichick says that Cam Newton or Mac Jones is the starting quarterback today. You know, Monday the 30th, the Dolphins will have 13 days and the rest of the league will have ample weeks to prepare for Cam Newton or Mac Jones. But if you keep that information to yourself within the team facility, then the Dolphins, who are playing in thirteen, who the Dolphins are playing the Patriots in thirteen days, kind of have to prepare for them both until someone has been announced. All while the Dolphins are trying to figure out their roster situation because they're going through cuts, they're going to be making moves as well. Other teams are going to be doing the same thing, especially teams that the Patriots are playing early in the season. It's a smart move by bill belichick i'm not gonna lie because as the other team say i'm the dolphins i'm brian flores and i'm playing the patriots in 13 days your game plan is going to at least on defense might heavily depend on who's the quarterback mac jones pocket quarterback cam noon little mobile it's it's you know complete opposite how you might have to game plan depending on who's the starting quarterback. So I will give Bill Belichick props for kind of keeping the official quarterback starter hidden. Now, when could we see it come out? Maybe early next week. Once all the cuts have been made, maybe towards the end of when the cuts have to be made, which I believe is on Monday at like four o'clock. I believe the cuts, you know, the final rosters need to be announced. So maybe come then, maybe Tuesday it'll be announced. So, the starter gets a full week of starter team starting reps for the duration of the week in preparation for the Dolphins. There's just so many more variables and so many more intangibles that has risen in like the past week and a half or so than just pure game performance for Mac Jones and Cam Noon. And everything considered does make a difficult decision for Bill Belichick on who the next starting quarterback is going to be. Could it be Cam Newton? Could it be Mac Jones? We don't know. Now, I will say this. Last year you had Cam Newton as your starting quarterback. You went 7 and 9. You were 7 I actually I forget what your record was, but you were out el- officially eliminated from the playoffs math- mathematically by week 15. At the end of week 15 You are not making the playoffs, no matter what. Those two weeks, 16 and 17, were two prime weeks, two perfect weeks, to have Jarrett Stidham play quarterback. Because people may forget that he is still on the roster. He's injured and he'll be out for a long time. But he's still on the roster technically. Nor will I ever think he'll play quarterback for this team, unless it's like a backup role. Who knows? Anyways, I digress. Those two weeks last week, uh, those two last weeks of the season last year, were the two perfect weeks for Jared Stidham to start from beginning to end both games, no matter what, because the outcome did not matter. The outcome did not matter at all to see if he could be a quarterback for your team. Patriots drafted him uh, two years ago. Now he was the backup to Tom Brady, the supposed hair to Tom Brady. Brady leaves. You have Jared Stidham as your quarterback, one for months on end. Then you bring in Cam Newton. Okay, maybe this team can still be competitive with Cam Newton. Maybe sneak in as a wild card. Doesn't happen. But Belichick chose not to play Jared Stidham and play Cam Newton for I don't know why. To prove that he can win with Cam Newton? Well, you weren't making the playoffs either way, so what were you really winning? I just think those two last weeks of the regular season were wasted because Jared Stidham was not the quarterback And in those two weeks, you could have saw something in him that, like, hmm, maybe he is the quarterback of this team moving forward. Maybe he should get a legitimate shot to start next season. Then you don't bring Cam Newton back. You have Jared Stidham. Then you don't have to waste a first. I don't want to say it's a waste, but you don't have to spend a first-round pick on Mac Jones because you have Jared Stidham. You bring back Brian Hoyer as the backup quarterback. And then you can use that first-round pick on a defensive player or a wide receiver, move out, I don't know. Whatever, right? Whatever you want to use it on. But instead, we saw Cam Newton for those last two weeks. You have to spend a first-round pick on a quarterback. And here we are, Cam versus Mac. I just think the way that Bill Belichick has played this out has been poorly done. However, if he is... Having a legitimate quarterback battle, and he is legitimately keeping his decision. Maybe he doesn't even know who the quarterback will be. Maybe he doesn't even know who the starting quarterback will be. And he's just keeping it all hidden. I respect it. However, I do think that it was not fair for Cam Newton to get a legitimate shot because he didn't. He was not out there nearly as much as uh, Mac Jones was. And that just kind of makes me fear that Cam Newton is the starting quarterback. you got to look at it both ways because him only having 21 completions throughout the entirety of the preseason, a lot of teams rest their starters both offensively and defensively, get like two series per game, and, and you're out. Then you get the backups to play. Maybe Bill Belichick really wanted to see Mac Jones because this is the only action he was going to get. He was here in the preseason. So he threw him out there as much as he could. Mac Jones performed, I think, fairly well. And here we are still with Cam Newton versus Mac Jones. It's just going to be a very interesting next couple days, maybe the next week, because there's so much to be unpacked for the Patriots because Bill Belichick and the Patriots coaching staff needs to bring the roster down to 53 guys. Um. All right, so kind of shifting away from Cam versus Mac, whether it's just the quarterback battle, position in general, is J.J. Taylor, right? Small guy. I think he's like 5'5", 5'6", maybe. But he runs big for a small guy. He's always looking for contact. Now, I understand that the run design might be to the outside, might be kind of like a pitch. It could be, you know, to the outside tackles. But once he sees a defender coming up on him, he's going for for them. Like, he's not trying to – I mean, he does have his own little, you know, bag of juke moves. But, like, he's trying to take, take the hit on. He's trying to, you know, get yards after contact. And for a smaller guy, you know, he's kind of a little stocky for a smaller guy. That could kind of work because his center of gravity is already lower than what, you know, your average running back's height may be. So these big, tall 6'3", DNs or whoever, they're not going to be able to get that low. They're not going to be able to get that low. So, therefore, J.J. Taylor can kind of just go, you know, take the hit and keep going. It's weird how, you know, the physics of that work, but it works. And J.J. Taylor had nine carries for 76 yards uh, last night. Kind of shows. It kind of shows. I mean, I don't know what the yards um, after contact were, but, I mean, you look at the game against the Eagles, 12 carries for 93 yards and a touchdown. And then let's go for the Washington game as well. Uh, slow game, 10, uh, two carries for 10 yards, but there, Sony Michelle was also there, and that was the game, and Ramondre Stevenson just absolutely went off. I like J.J. Taylor. I really do. I kind of liked him last year, and not just as a return specialist, but as that Deion Lewis-type player where you can hand it off to him, run the ball. You could have him run a route, throw him the ball. And that also brings me to my next point of Ramondre Stevenson, how he caught some balls last night too. He caught two balls for 17 yards, and he's not going to be no James White. He's not going to be no JD, uh, J.D. McKissick, no Kevin Falk. But it just shows his versatility, uh, Stevenson, being able to be a pass-catching running back or at least have the ability to be a pass-catching running back. Um, and it shows that he's just not a running running back, right? Like when we had LeGarrette Blunt, I, l- I love comparison to him, LeGarrette Blunt because he kind of reminds me of him in a way. Big guy, runs people over, not the quickest, but the sh- you know strongest, right? And when the Patriots had LeGarrette Blunt, James White, and Deion Lewis in their backfield a few years ago, when Legarrett Blunt was in, you knew they were going to run the ball. Or at least have Legarrett Blunt block. Because he wasn't a pass catcher. When Dion Lewis was in, kind of both worlds, right? You know, he could hand it off, you know, he runs the ball, could have him run a route, pass him the ball. And then when James White was in, the majority of the time, nine out of ten times, he was going to be a pass catcher, right? Play action, have him stay in to block, or run routes. So Blunt run the ball, White, catch the ball, Deion Lewis, both. And I see Deion Lewis and J.J. Taylor, and I thought I saw LeGarrette Blount and Ramondre Stevenson, but Stevenson being able to catch the ball just brings another element to his skill set, another element to the offense when he's out there, because when he's out there, teams won't have to kind of commit to the run because he's not just a quote-unquote running back. Although I think... He is best served as, you know, you hand the ball off, let him run, then he is a pass catcher. However, just having the versatility is something that's going to be very nice to keep the defense off guard for when he is out there or even when J.J. Taylor is out there. Instead of, you know, Blount, White, and Deion Lewis. Well, I guess Deion Lewis wasn't predictable, but uh, LeGarrette Blount and James White were both predictable when they were on the, f- uh, on the same team, when they were on the field separately. Another thing I noticed about uh, the Patriots – in versatility, I guess you could say, is Joe Juan Williams. Now, I've said for the past three weeks or so that you cannot cut Joe on Williams. Second round pick two years ago, cornerback depth, could lose your cornerback room at the end of the season. You need someone in there who kind of knows the defensive scheme, the defensive playbook and such from the position. Well, when I was watching the highlights, I noticed that he was playing free safety. Huh. He was playing 10, 15, 20 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Just being that cover one high safety like what you see and love from Devin McCourty. I was thrown off. I was like, no way. And then, you know, I see him run over to kind of assist in making a tackle, and I see Williams in the back, 33. I'm like, huh, really? So what I'm, what I'm thinking is that it looks like he didn't make the team as a cornerback but maybe he's going to be able to make the team as a safety. Huh. A free safety, transitioning from cornerback, still has that you know cornerback versatility. Obviously, Devin McCourty was a cornerback himself. He transitioned to free safety after like three or four years, I believe, uh, with the Pats because Devin McCourty, when he came out of Rutgers, he was an all-pro cornerback. And then, like, they switch him to free safety, and then he becomes an all-pro free safety as well. So, I mean, could Joe Juan Williams be the heir to Devin McCourty? Because Devin McCourty is, like, 33 years old, I think, maybe 34. I mean, he's still very, very, very good, uh, McCourty is. But it's just very, very interesting to see that we saw Joe Juan Williams back there. Now, who could be other free safeties besides McCourty if we're not going to include Joe Juan Williams? Uh, What's his name? Josh Bledsoe, I believe. He's a rookie. Oh, I forget his name. I, I don't even know if he's injured or not. Was he? Did he even play last night? He wasn't credited with any tackles or such, so I don't see him on here. And then obviously with the Patriots bringing in Sean Wade, that kind of helps you with the cornerback depth. So Juan Williams could have been cut. However, they were like, "Huh, let's kind of you know play with it here and let's you know see what he looks like at free safety." Gives you depth at safety. Gives you versatility where you can go uh, line up as a cornerback if necessary. Keeps the guy on the team. Knows the defensive playbook. And he's going to learn from a great uh, veteran in Devin McCourty. I like the move. Not once did I think of it. Not once did I ever think of it. Because I know they have, I believe his name is Josh Bloodso, who the Patriots drafted in like the sixth round or something this past draft. And Cody Davis, who's also a safety, but he's a special teamer. I like the move. I really do. And... I want to know if it's because he wasn't going to make the team as a cornerback. Maybe his skill set is just better at free safety than it is at cornerback. I know when Devin McCourty switched, it wasn't because of poor play because he was a he was legit legitimately a top tier cornerback, All Pro, Pro Bowler, and then they switch him to uh, free safety. It's just sometimes the skill set is better served elsewhere. Yeah. <sighs> And I a bunch of good stuff, I think, was talked about the Patriots so far through this episode. However, there is one bad thing I need to talk about. And it was that late fourth-quarter touchdown the Pats gave up with, like, seven friggin' seconds left on the clock. The ball is snapped with 16 seconds left. The The pocket didn't really collapse, I don't think. Because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm literally watching it right now again. It was a four-man rush. The pocket collapses a little bit, and he could have moved up to the um, right middle, maybe. This is Mike Glennon, I believe, for the Giants. But he decides to roll out. Obviously, makes a lot more sense. There's so much more space, so he does. He has a lot of time. 94. I don't know who 94 is for the Patriots. Um, should I know who 94 is? Could be some... Somebody. <laughs> I don't know. Um, 94 brings the pressure. And then Mike Lennon just lets it fly from the his own 49, 48-yard. He throws it 50 yards downfield. And Jawan Williams actually free safety. He was there on the play, but he was probably guarding the middle, obviously because you can't you know favor one side or the other. There was someone else that was like a couple yards shy. And then I think it was Sean Wade who fell down in the end zone. So this guy was literally wide open. In the end zone, who caught that touchdown pass for the Giants? Was it Damian Willis or Caden Smith? Um, I think it was Caden Smith who caught it for the Giants. But literally, he was left wide open and just terrible. It was just absolutely terrible. Oh, Alex Bachman also caught a touchdown. So there's three receiving touchdowns. I don't know who it was. I don't really care who it was. Uh, It was Willis. Agent was was it Agent Colbert that was also there on the play? Yes, Agent Colbert was also on the play. So, Joan Williams coming over from the middle of the field. Agent Colbert was behind Willis and Sean Wade was guarding him one-on-one, but when they kind of went up for the ball, he kind of fell. Oh, it was just an absolute mess. It thank goodness this is the preseason. Uh Yeah, it looks like Sean Wade was backpedaling and he had to kind of stop to kind of go forward because the ball was a little underthrown in comparison to his position. Did Willis push off? I don't really see it. I think it's more of a trip, you know, just two guys going hard for a ball, you know, getting a little handsy. Sean Wade falls. Doesn't look for, doesn't look good. <sighs> that's just that's just gross. That's just gross. And Adrian Colbert, Willis caught the ball. He took his two steps in the end zone. Adrian Colbert simply goes up and two-hands him. And, like, yes, it's a touchdown, but, like, if you hit him hard enough and he still drops the ball, then it's an incomplete pass. So, I mean, I feel like, I mean, obviously I don't expect you to, like, level him out, you know, go for his neck or whatever. You know, give him some shoulder. You know, put the shoulder, you know, where the ball is and just kind of go for it. Because even though the guy catches the ball and gets two feet in, he has to maintain possession. And if he catches the ball two feet in and he loses the ball, it's not a, it's not a touchdown. So I just kind of wish that last play ended differently. It, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. It's just me being nitpicky. But it's just like something you don't want to see from a guy that you just traded for who's been highly regarded in the draft class last year and Sean Wade, who you invested two draft picks in. Adrian Colbert, a free agent that you brought in who's, I believe, also a free safety or a strong safety maybe. But that doesn't look good for him. And then it made the game a lot closer. Giants go for two points, they didn't get it, and the Patriots end up winning twenty-two to twenty. On a side note, I wrote this down. I didn't think I was going to talk about it. But on a side note, when Brian Hoyer plays, Colin plays at the line of scrimmage, Con audibles, calling out the mic, shifting the line left and right, kill kill, gets the snap, drops back, throws the ball. He looked exactly like Tom Brady. He looks exactly like Tom Brady. The way he throws the ball, the way he receives the ball, drops back, calm plays. I mean, I know he's been under Tom Brady for what, a cumulative six, seven years at this point, and you guys are great friends. But my goodness, it is so identical. You could remove the number, uh, remove the gear, you know, just remove the rings and just watch them play. And the motion just looks the same. Obviously, they're not the same, but (laughs) obviously they're not the same. But it's just, just watch. Just watch Brian Hoyer play quarterback. He's nowhere near good as Tom Brady. Obviously. I'm not trying to say that he is. But it's just, it's just very, very ironic, I guess. That he looks almost like Tom Brady when he plays, but. That's everything that I have on the Patriots, all my notes, all my takeaways from the game. I really liked what I saw overall from this team, not just in the game, but in the preseason as a whole. Now, I'm not saying that because they went 3-0. and They could have went 0-3, and I wouldn't give two shits about it because I don't care what my record is leaving preseason. I care about how my players performed, how did they develop, the opportunities, the, the effectiveness of the game plan, whether it's offense or defense. You know, we tried some new things. We wanted to, you know, get some, you know, flatten out some wrinkles. All the smaller intangibles to the game because these three games now, obviously used to be four, but now these three games are so crucial because it prepares you for the now 17-game, 18-week journey that is the regular season. And I really think that the Patriots did fairly well. In all three season pre uh, all three preseason games, excuse me. The offense looked nice at times. The defense looked nice at times, and in retrospect, the offense looked bad at times, and the defense looked bad at times. I'm very excited for this year. I really am. I don't know how it's going to go. A lot of people have the Patriots winning 10 games. Some people have them winning 12 games. Some people have them winning six. Uh, I'm not sorry. Six, uh, seven, eight games. I don't know how many games they're going to finish. Could they make the playoffs? I think they could make the playoffs. I really do. Well, you know, especially with the seventh playoff team for each conference, I think that only helps and increases their chances. I didn't like it at first, but seeing how the games played out last year, I kinda do. Kinda do. Because I guess, you know, that one seed in each conference is so much more valuable because they're the only team that gets the bye instead of the top two seeds getting bye weeks. So it just it brings a different twist to it, and I wasn't sure how I was going to like it, but after last year, I do like it, but obviously I want to see how it plays out this year because I know um a lot of those seven seeds in the a f c would have been like the Steelers finishing eight and eight or or the you know whatever maybe the Colts when they weren't good finishing like nine and seven I am excited for this team my takeaways from the preseason I'll give you three takeaways this time, just three takeaways this time from the preseason as a whole. We were really able to see Matt Jones play. Not just in quarter, uh, college, but as quarterback for an NFL team. We were able to see what he looked like against real defense. Now, obviously, he played against a lot of second and third stringers, yes, but there was times where starters were out there as well. And I think overall, what we saw from him was very good. It could have been a lot worse, trust me. It could have been a lot worse, but it wasn't. So I take it. And I really like what I saw from him. I think he's going to be a great NFL quarterback when he gets his time, when he gets his number called. And I hope it's fairly soon. But I'm not going to hold my breath and say that Mac Jones will be the starting quarterback. I think he should be the starting quarterback because I didn't see anything from Cam Newton that should tell me otherwise. And I was able to see Mac Jones work the offense, build the game plan, and really open up the game plan week in and week out doing a lot more. You saw the first preseason game where it was a lot of checkdowns, five-yard routes, and it was a small condensed playbook. Week two against the Eagles opens up, throwing the ball 10, 15, 20 yards downfield, and you see the same thing again against the Giants this, this past week. Playbooks open up, he's chucking the ball down the field. Week in and week out, he was still controlling the line of scrimmage, calling the mics, kill-kill, switching the line uh, assignments. I just saw a lot of things from Mac Jones that I want to see from my quarterback. And a lot of things I saw from Mac Jones I didn't see from Cam Newton. And if I'm missing something, and if I'm missing something that you saw from Cam Newton that I didn't, let me know. Reach out to me on social media, at Murphs Card Town Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Also, if you're watching this on YouTube, please comment down below. I'd love to hear what you have to say, because if I'm missing something, about cam noon let me know because i've sat here and said that due to the passing attempts and there being a potential legitimate quarterback battle cam noon didn't get a fair shot so in my analysis and in my breakdown i want to give him a fair uh, fair shot and like i said if i miss something let me know but from what i was able to see and what i'm able to know i saw what i want to see in my quarterback in mac jones and not in Cam Newton. And to be honest, and to be honest, I saw more of what I want in a quarterback in Brian Hoare than I did in Cam Newton. I'm sorry, but that's just the fact. That's just the facts. So Mac Jones showing out, playing very well. You saw a lot of progression. You saw a lot of Mac Jones this preseason. See what he's able to do, what he's not able to do. And I think that the amount of reps he got uh, served him very well and I can't wait to see him be quarterback for the New England Patriots whenever the time comes. Like I said, hopefully it's sooner than later. Number two, the running back room. Very good running backs. I'm, I like the running back group this year. Obviously, you had Sony Michelle for the first two weeks of the preseason. Feeling really freaking good about that. Obviously, there wasn't going to be five running backs on this roster. There's just no way, shape, or form that there was going to be five running backs on this roster so sony michelle got the short end of the stick and he got traded however even with michelle traded i still like this running back group james white captain staple to the offense passing situations third downs leader then you have damian harris who's going to take a huge step up or projected to take a huge step up this year be the starter potentially be the bell horse running back for the patriots I don't really know because you have Ramondre Stevenson who showed out this preseason. You have JJ Taylor who showed out this preseason. And from those two guys, those two young guys, Taylor and Stevenson, I'm liking what I see. It brings a lot of versatility, a lot of flexibility, and just a lot of offensive options on offense. You could have two backs out there. You could have white and Taylor. You could have uh Lewis uh, Lewis. Oh my God. I'm still, I'm still comparing him to Dion Lewis. You could have, uh, Taylor and Stevenson you could have Stevenson and Harris and Damian Harris has been slowly worked into the offensive passing regiment I don't think he'll contribute all too much into the passing game but just the versatility in general from the group is very very nice to see I love it so much I really think that the running back room for the New England Patriots is going to be one of the better ones in across the league this year I really do now, could that opinion change over time where we see, you know, Harris really play a lot of snaps, he's not performing well, Taylor going against, you know, legitimate defenders like your Aaron Donalds, your J.J. Watts, your, uh, your Bradley Chubbs, your Von Millers of the league? Could change. Absolutely. Same for Ramondre Stevenson. But like I said, these three preseason games and what I'm hearing out of training camp is all I have to work on right now. And what material I have, I'm going to reflect and give my opinion based off of what I have. And what I've seen, I'm digging it. I really am from this group. Like I said, versatility, flexibility, options, just depth. And I really like that from this group. And like I said, I really do think this is one of the better running back groups across the whole league. I don't know if I want to say the whole league because there's a lot of good running back groups out there across the NFL. But I definitely say the upper echelon of the league, let me say. The third takeaway I have from preseason for the New England Patriots is the defense. Now, it's both good and bad because I saw a lot of good things. I saw a lot of bad things. I liked what I saw from the D-line, the starting D-line. I didn't like what I saw from, you know, the the backups. You know, the second string, the third string D-lines. I didn't really like what I saw there. Same for the linebacking group. Didn't really like what I see safety secondary cornerbacks it was all right it was all right you're still top heavy with um gilmore jackson McCordy. if you want to throw kyle duggar in there sure but you know the middle of the pack i guess john you could throw jonathan jones in there as well but you Jalen mills i like him i don't know if i'm sold on him but i do like him sean wade Yikes, on Williams. I'm still interested to see what that transition is going to look like, uh, from corner to safety. Adrian Colbert, uh, Cody Davis. I know he's a special teamer, but I, I'm not. I don't want to see him in, on the defense at all. Who else do we have? Uh, I already said Jalen Mills. I'm just trying to look at the team. Adrian Colbert, Michael Jackson Jr. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Miles Bryant. I don't see him on here. I don't know if he got cut already. <laughs> Or he just didn't you know, register any tackles or anything like that. I, I it, The defense is going to be very interesting because Bill Belichick went out and improved the defense immensely. You have Dante Hightower coming back. You did lose Pat Chung, though. You lost Jason McCordy. So what is this defense truly going to look like? I don't know. I, I, I really do not know. I have high hopes of it because I really like a lot of the names on here. Like I said, uh, Josh Uche is gonna have a big year. I think Anthony Jennings is gonna have a nice year. Juwan Bentley doesn't have to be the the main linebacker because Hightower's back. But what's Hightower going to look like? JC Jackson might have to be the number one cornerback because Gilmore contract quad. We don't know what that situation is going to look like. So JC Jackson taking a big step up himself is something I'm looking looking uh, looking forward to watching. Chase Winowitz, Sean Wade, who we just traded for, how does he look like? Dietrich Wise, big year for him. Ronnie Perkins, third-round running back, right outside linebacker or linebacker in general. A lot of news uh, coming out from Kyle Duggar. Christian Barmore being your second-round pick. And then obviously paying Matthew Judon some big bucks, right? (laughs) So the defense uh, across the board is something to really keep your eye on Over the course of the next 13 days between now and week number one against the Miami Dolphins here at Gillette Stadium on September 12th at 4.25 p.m. I cannot wait for New England Patriots football. The excitement has risen even further. I was excited for the preseason. Don't get me wrong, as was everybody but i really do believe a lot of people are looking forward to football season not just patriots football but just football in general whether your favorite teams the dolphins jets saints texans doesn't matter who it is it just it feels good seasons back fans are going to be in the stadiums a lot of hype around the league young quarterbacks young wide receivers good defenses we don't, I mean, obviously the Bucks just won the Super Bowl, but the Chiefs are still very good and they're up there. Could we see a dark horse team, maybe like the Cowboys make some noise? What is the football team going to look like after winning the division last year? The Browns are, you know, looking like the team to win the uh, AFC North. How are the Steelers and the Ravens going to react to that? What is Trevor Lawrence going to look like? What about Josh Allen uh, a year after getting MVP consideration? He just got the bag. Is he going to take that next step up? What are the Falcons going to look like without Julio Jones? What are the Titans going to look with Julio Jones? The Chargers. Can Justin Herbert take that next step in the league? Christian McCaffrey, he's coming back from injury. What is he going to look like? The Jets and Zach Wilson. I'm not a big fan of Zach Wilson, but a lot of people aren't. I respect that. But being on the Jets in a bad situation, you got a good coach in uh, Bob Sala. Could he make the magic work with Zach Wilson? Who knows? And then, obviously, the quarterback situation in New Orleans. Jameis Winston just got named the starting quarterback. However, that quarterback battle between him and Jason uh, Taysom Hill was a monster story down in New Orleans and another story across the league. And then, of course, of course, we have Tom Brady returning to Foxborough, returning to to Gillette Stadium to play against the New England Patriots for the first time in his career. For the first time, will he be at Gillette Stadium, not as the starting quarterback for the Patriots, but as the starting quarterback for another team? What is that going to look like? What is that going to feel like? I'll tell you this right now. A lot of grown men are going to be crying, myself included, okay? It is going to be emotional. It is going to be heart wrenching. It's going to be waterworks, man. It's just going to be waterworks. Let me just tell you that it's, it's going to be something else. So I'm looking forward to that. A ton of storylines, a ton of headlines, a ton of newsworthy discussion points across the NFL heading into the regular season. And obviously, of course, throughout the the entirety of preseason headlines, headlines, storylines, conversation, across every team throughout this league and I just kind of rambled on a bunch of about a bunch of them that I'm looking forward to and I think you should be as well but that is going to do it for today's episode football 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 was talked about in today's episode it felt really good to just dive right into the Patriots and dive right into football itself as this was the last preseason game for the New England Patriots as they win 22 to 20 against the New York Giants in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Patriots finish off the preseason 3-0. Very exciting to see how the regular season plays out for them after a fairly good, very good preseason for the New England Patriots. And I cannot wait to see how the regular season performs. Come Friday's episode, I do want to dive more into Patriots, but I also want to talk about baseball as well. Will I talk about the Red Sox come Friday? We don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. Depends on how they perform. However, I do want to talk baseball. If it's not the Red Sox, I definitely want to talk about the Major League Baseball, standings update, team updates, because I just haven't done any of that in a long time because of Patriots preseason, obviously. But before I go, I do have to give a shout out to two awesome people that came into the shop on Saturday. I was not able to catch your names, but I really do appreciate you coming in all the way from Vermont to check out. Murph's Card Town and Sports Shop. That really meant so much to me. I went to go tell Kim about it afterwards, and she was super excited for me. Honestly, really super touching and really, really awesome feeling that you guys gave me. Just saying like, hey, you know, we're from Vermont. We listened to the podcast. We were in the area. We wanted to go check out your shop. You have no idea how much that really meant to me. And if you're listening to this, find me on Twitter or Instagram at Murph's Card Town. Give me a follow, message me. I really want to be in contact with you guys moving forward because being all the way from Vermont and being one of the first to really, you know, recognize the podcast and the shop was really special to me. And I want to hook you guys up with something nice to show you my gratitude for that. But folks, ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, that is going to do it for today's episode number 85, I believe it was, 85. Of Murph's Boston Sports Talk, I really appreciate everyone for downloading, listening, and enjoying. Hopefully you enjoyed today's episode as we talked about the Patriots, football, and nothing else. It was a really good, pure, pure episode today. felt good to just talk football because it's football season now. It's good to be back. I know there's still some time left between now and then in the regular season, but preseason's just about over. But a lot of decisions are left to be made for the New England Patriots and a bunch of other teams across the NFL as they have to cut down their rosters to 53 men. But folks, thank you so much for joining me. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Give me a shout-out. Give me a follow. Uh, reach out to me with any questions, comments, concerns. Anything you want to talk about, really. At Town on social media. And if you're watching this on YouTube, Please comment your thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, opinions, whatever you may have down in the comment section below. And while you're there on YouTube, please give this video a nice giant like if you enjoyed it. And also please consider hitting that giant red subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. I will catch you in the next one. But between now and then, you know that I love you and you know that I will always, always see you.